Hi, I'm Janice Garcia and I work at A Plus Lashes in La Puente, California. And I'm today's guest announcer. You can find me on IG at A Plus dot Lashes. Cue the music. In an industry where most of us spend the majority of our time working alone in a room, we wanted to create a podcast where you can learn, be encouraged, and find a connection with other lash and beauty professionals. This is the LashCast podcast, and here's your host, Paul Lubers. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals, for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, I'm sitting next to my two amazing lash stylists, Erica and Tusney. How are you guys doing? Awesome. I'm doing great because it's raining. It is. And it's going to rain the next three days. All week. This is going to be the best week ever. And for those of you out there in snowstorms, I feel you. But for us in Southern California, this never happens. I'm actually writing down how many times it rains in 2019 this year. Okay. It'll be less than two hands needed, I think, for that. But yeah. Yeah. It's less than 10 times. I'm pretty positive. Yeah. Yeah, It's going to be very sad. But no, I, I woke up. Today, totally bouncing around the house, and Tuss is like, eh, it's morning. Yeah, I'm not a rain fan person. I mean, you know, if it was sunny and parched all the time, I'd be really happy. Or foggy. I could wake no, up. It's foggy every morning. Oh, it feels so good. It's so nice. Yeah. It's just magical. Actually, a way I like to think about rain is that it's cleansing, especially it's cleansing. for like our smog and mm-hmm. stuff. That's it right. Is. I just think you There's 10 days this. a year we can actually <laughs> breathe the air in LA, and it's okay. It's safe. <laughs> Well, anyhow, we have a few announcements. We are going to be doing a Q&A episode. We did this, I think, a long time ago. So today, we're just going to go through a bunch of questions we've gotten through Instagram, Facebook, email, and all that. And we'll get through as many as we can. And then once we wrap up, we will probably, I don't, in fact, I'm certain we won't get through them all. We'll save those for another episode, and we'll just do these once in a while. So don't give up. Send your questions in. Please still do that at Lashcast Podcast on Instagram. That's probably the best way to do it. You can also email me, paul at interiorlash.com. And sometimes I respond to these personally anyways, and then I just save the question because the question obviously was DM'd to me, and we'll just respond. But sometimes they're really good, and we want to save them for the masses here too. So do that. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to answer your questions. Also, if you go to our Facebook group, Interior Lash Bootcamp, you have to ask to get in. But once you're in, you can ask those questions. And Eric and I are usually pretty good at monitoring that room and giving you feedback. So before we get into that, let's do announcements. And Tessie's going to do our first announcement today. So what's up? What's up? Okay, if you like our podcast and want to know how you can get more of us, like one-on-one or just in yeah, person. Classroom yeah, setting, you mean? Classroom setting, yeah. Um, well, then I've got the opportunity for you. Coming up very soon, the ISSC show, which is the International Salon and Spa Expo. It is at the Long Beach Convention Center. It's going to be held January 26th to the 28th. We are hosting five classes. Two of them are free and three of them are paid. And one bonus thing is if you take any of our paid classes, then you get a voucher for $200 towards training anytime this year, 2019, with us at uh, Integrity Lash. So we are also going to be offering a two-day advanced styling class. So if you'd like to stay in SoCal after being in the... Escape the, show, the cold. That's right. 
it might be the time for you to look into that. There is a link in the Instagram bio for both ISSC, the sign up, as well as for the Integrity Lash Boot Camp. So love to see you. Yeah, and this is coming out about five days before the actual show, so you still have time to sign up as you're listening to this podcast. It will be on Tuesday. The show starts on Saturday and goes Saturday through Monday. So yes. Either way, come on by and see us. We'd yeah. love to meet you, take your picture, and get to know you, shake your hand. Yeah, and the free classes are on Sunday, and the paid classes are on Monday. Mm-hmm. So uh, a couple more quick announcements. Uh, we are doing the guest announcer thing still, as you've heard just before this episode. You'll have heard it and know who it was. Um, we have a bunch of friends who've already recorded episodes for us, so we're very excited about that. Also, we have our Facebook group member to join that. And also, if you promote our Instagram page, we save those pages or repost ourselves. And then we're going to be sending some lucky people a $25 gift card just for promoting us and sharing it with your friends. This is a little way we'd like to say thank you to you. And also we have a lot more classes available for the year. So even though we have one in January, we have February, March, April, May, I think out. So you can go online. The link is in our Instagram and you can go there and you can sign up for one of our trainings in the coming months if you can't make this January. All right. So that's all that we really want to get into now. Now, the questions themselves. And the first question we're going to do is from three different people. We kind of combined it into one because everyone wants to know, how do you fire a client? It's the most pressing issue, I guess, for what we've been getting lately. And I see a lot of comments online and stuff, so it's important we talk about this because I think there's a lot to be said here. The three people we want to give shout-outs to are at Lashy Icon, that's with an E, Icon, C-O-N, underscore low, Lashland 101, and at Lashlands with a S-N 101. Maybe that's the same person with just two different uh, alter egos. But those three people asked this question. What do you do with clients who no longer want your service or that you no longer want to do their service do either because of a bad attitude or constant bad energy or unrealistic demands or, you know, just a nasty client who you just don't like? How do you get rid of that kind of person? Mm-hmm. We've all had these, right? Somebody comes in and you just, you know, they've got to complain about something or, you know, you know that it's that client when you look at the schedule, you see their name and you just innerly groan inside like, oh, no, I have to deal with that person again. Well, the first thing that I want to do is I want to encourage you to be a little bit introspective first before you write them off. And there's a checklist to go through before you write them off. This was years ago. And I had a staff member come to me and say, you know, I just don't want to deal with this client. Now, I had taken care of this client before in the past, and I knew that she could be a little bit persnickety and a little bit tough to handle, but she did kind of unleash on this team member, and the team member was just not having it and was saying, I just never want to see them again. And I had a conversation with her, and I said, listen, I understand that this is a drag to see this person, but what I'm concerned about is your growth as a professional. And the thing is, is if you don't know how and you don't learn how to handle certain things, this person, as much as you can't stand her, she will haunt you forever. She's not going to look the same and she's not going to have the same name, but she's going to be the spirit because it's the same problem over and over. And unless you know how to challenge that or respond or overcome that situation, you're always going to be hounded by how do I deal with this, right? So the first thing is I want to make sure that, you know, as a professional, that you're growing in your patience, that you're growing in your long suffering and your problem solving, that you're growing those muscles, right? And you also want to make sure that you're modeling what you expect of others. Like if you have a team, you want to make sure that you're 
you know, at the first sight of conflict or trouble that you don't just abandon ship, that you're showing your team how to process and work through. So there's value in the struggle. I don't want you to say, oh, this person's hard. I just can't stand dealing with it. Um, So there's kind of like a little checklist. Sometimes we think that it, it might be a personality thing. Sometimes you just don't, we don't get along with everyone, right? And there might be somebody on your team that could be better suited for this person. We have a rule in our salon, it's generally, we really try not to say, you know, this person is difficult. We like to say they're crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, not crazy. That's, That's right. it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Why, totally don't we forgot. Say, why do we not say that client is crazy? Because it takes the responsibility. That sounds like a shit. Because it, we take the responsibility. No, I just, yeah. because we want to do everything we can to make them happy. And if we say they're crazy, I'm not responsible at all for their actions. Because, oh, they're crazy. You can't please a crazy person. Yeah, Even right. if they are crazy, <laughs> we'll, we'll not say that at least openly because we want to do our best to use all our resources possible to make them happy. It's also setting the tone in your salon. If you do have a team, like, you know, just calling clients names. Yeah. It just breeds a culture and an atmosphere that can only go in one direction. <laughs> it gets very catty, very nasty and negative. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, totally. We want to be a place where we're giving people the benefit of the doubt and we're listening, you know, active listening. Yeah. So that means you don't come into the situation with a preconceived idea. Maybe you do, but you're going to do everything you can to be disciplined in order to listen and, and hear. And we don't always know the full story of what's mm-hmm. going on behind. That person could, you know, come in, new client, they're acting kind of crazy, and, but something maybe has happened in their life that's made things, you know, go south for them. And, and because you've written them off, you're not going to investigate or try to care for that person. You're just going to avoid them or be cold to them and they're going to leave and never come back. And meanwhile, maybe something just horrible happened in their life before they walked in. There's a a story I I love that I read in the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And and he talks in the beginning how the guy is on this train and there's this guy with like a bunch of kids and they're all really out of control. And the guy is getting impatient. He finally goes over to the gentleman and says, your kids are out of control. And the guy is like, my wife just died. I'm I'm so sorry. And all of a sudden he's like, Oh, there's a context here why he's acting the way he is and the kids are out of control. So sometimes for us, it's not a bad thing to investigate and try a little harder because we might just win that person over or find out something bad's happened and have a chance to really care for them and bring them to a better place. And then you find out, you know, this might be a great client for you. Mm -hmm. That's right. Good stuff. The other thing I want to talk about is that I want you to be able to identify if this negativity is just a part of their personality. And if you don't have to take responsibility, you may not have to. And that takes a little bit of mental self-discipline, but they may be the kind of person that is always complaining. Mm -hmm. And the point that you will make, Paul, sometimes is that if they keep booking the appointment and they keep coming and paying, they still are interested in your services, right? Yeah. So... The thing is, is that if they keep coming, they can be supporting your business. And if you're able to just chalk it up that this, you know, I give this person the best that I can every single time. And if that's not good enough, they're not necessarily expecting anything to change because they're just a negative person. They're just Eeyores, right? They just walk through life. Mm-hmm. The, the cloud over their head. They like, you know, hate rainy days, actually. Mm-hmm. And they're just negative people. And I was, I, we've had this talk so many times. Tess goes, oh my gosh, she just whined and complained about my lashes. Da, da, da. I'm like, she's been coming here for five years, Tess. I, I, I can assure you, she actually loves your work. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't know how to relate to people other than to be negative and complain and moan. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, you have to make that decision if you have that client, do I really want to deal with that? And if you're busy, you can be picky and say, you know what? I'm going to get rid of some people like that. 
I know for us this last year, we've really weeded out a bunch of negative clients mm -hmm. as well as the people who are late or cancel all the time. And I think the overall that's helped the morale. I think the team is more happy yeah. because we have less of these yeah. deadbeat types of people. But, you know. I will say before we get into how you actually fire a client, mm -hmm. yeah. I will say there is a different side of this. If you can't deal with negative people, you should not be in an industry where you have clients. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. negative people are going to be anywhere you go. And if you don't have the strength inside of you to rise above that and to not let it affect you. And that is a discipline that used to affect me a lot earlier in my life. And I had to learn how to not let it affect me. And yeah. so I think, there is something to be said about that. No, we're in a people-pleasing industry, right? right? So we like to please people. That's usually why we get into it. But at the same time, you have this, which we're our dichotomy sometimes, but you also have a side that I can't take criticism or negative people or I, I get tired serving people. Yeah, you've picked yeah. maybe the wrong industry. Maybe you mm -hmm. should go somewhere else where you can work in a cubicle all day and deal with papers and computers instead mm -hmm. of people. Yeah, because that client's not going to stop walking through the door. Like if you get rid of her, you're going to get a new client who's yeah. going to be a negative Nancy too. Like, mm -hmm. so there is a time where, okay, like you realize you need to fire this client, but at the same time you should be <laughs> trying yeah. to like yeah. cultivate some of those strengths within yourself. That's exactly right. That's kind of what we're saying is that when you have this issue before you actually fire them, I kind of want you to do this mental checklist. I want you to look at it as if it's an opportunity for you to grow first mm -hmm. off in your patience in your active listening skills in your problem solving, make sure that you're taking the most out of that negative opportunity to either be an example for your team, anybody else that you're working with anything, you know, that you'd like to model or even problem solving with that guest. I really want you to try hard before you come up with that situation that I just can't deal with this person anymore because it's only going to make your own skills better. And you could be a stronger person and be able to handle more and make more money because you're not going to be turning people away left and right because you're so fragile and you can't take right. a negative person. I'm not saying these people are saying that they're fragile and they oh, can't no. do that because there is a line. And we'll talk about no, that maybe yeah. in a second. I still remember this one classic case where we had a team member come to Tustin and said, oh my gosh, this person is crazy like she's this one i think we didn't ban that word yet she's just it's a nightmare it's gonna be horrible and she's mad she da, 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 da. back in those days testament said just bring her to me i will give her a free appointment and i'll take care of her and she's become easily one of our greatest and best clients i mean i love seeing her and i think what it is is there's just a little bit of mistrust in the beginning some clients walk in the door and they don't trust you they've been burned too many times they've got their guard up. they got their guard up so they're going to be a little prickly in the beginning and you're going to have to fight through that to win over their trust and once you do like in this case yeah. i mean she is a sweetheart and she is she brings food for her staff and she brings gifts and she's like so sweet and I don't amazing. yeah amazing and that we would have missed that opportunity if that first person who said she's horrible the worst person you'll ever meet practically and I called her and said you know what, you know you're fired basically and we'll talk about that a little bit it would have been bad for us and I think we've missed out on a real neat yeah. blessing and having a great person come to our salon yeah, sometimes those people that you're able to turn over are going to be the most loyal because you've taken the time to really go to the mat with them and help solve their problem. They, yeah. they see your investment and, and you become changed through that process as well. 
So let's just say that this person is an always a complainer person and you see their name on the list and you know dread you know and you put boundaries out there and they're just going to be that kind of person and you can just say I'm just going to deal with it and see how long you can go like in the beginning you really have to really grow this muscle because you're trying to build your business and you're trying to hang on to everybody but when you get to the point where they have crossed the line where it is toxic to your soul to keep seeing them then I do advocate letting this person go but you have to do it in a very classic act way in order to keep you know your name above the fray so one of the things that we'll say is I think that you might be happier at another salon and I'm happy to give you some referrals of where to go but it just seems that you're not happy every time that you come in and I want you to be happy I'm in business to make people happy and it's hard for me knowing that I've exhausted everything in my toolbox and I'm still not able to give you exactly what you need and that way it frees you up. Mm-hmm. You no, no, I, that's exactly what we do. I mean, I'm the one that gets in the fun job of firing clients. We maybe fire one or two a year. Um, some clients just take themselves out. I mean, we, we, you kill them with kindness, and then at some point they can't handle it. It's like you give them a free appointment, you do this and that, and they're like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, you know, but for the ones that don't, the ones who are abusive, I mean, one of the lines that we've drawn is like, if you in any way insult our staff or demean, them. or demean them anyway, I don't care. You call them stupid or incompetent. You don't know what you're doing. You're an idiot. Any of those things, you're done. I, there's no grace for that person, and we're not going to keep you around. And I'll just say, hi, this is Paul. I'm just calling Mrs. Jones, whatever. I'm just going to let you know, we're just not a good fit for you. I know last time you were here, it was really uh, contentious, and we had some issues, and you were not happy, uh, and I can just tell that we're just not the right place, and I'm going to refer you to a couple of our salons. Oh, but I'm going to play devil's advocate yeah. here, and I'm going to be this person. I'm going to say, yeah. oh, no, 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 I'm so happy. I'm so happy with what you've done, and it's just because of this, and it's just because of that, well, no, and it's just because of... Yeah, but Mrs. Jones, what you did was you hurt my team member. You said some really personal... You didn't just complain about the work, like you didn't weren't happy with the work. You actually attacked my team member and said that she's uh, incompetent or you know I've never met a more fragile woman in the world I had someone call a person a china doll like oh you're she's so fragile she can't handle any criticism that Mrs. Jones was inappropriate and I have to protect my team and what you said was not respect oh Paul I am so so sorry I'll do anything that you want I'll go and I'll tell them I'm sorry the next time I'm coming in I'm going to tell them I'm sorry I'm not that person I'm that's the one exception if they apologize or willing to come in and apologize, I'll say, okay, that's fine. If you want to come in and apologize to them, uh, that sounds great. But I've yet to see that happen. <laughs> Every time I brought that up, said, you know, I have, I, there's been sometimes where they were kind of waffling. I said, well, if you want, you can come in and apologize. And as soon as I say, well, why would I want to apologize? And I'm like, because you were kind of nasty, not kind of, you were mean and you actually stepped over the line. And But as soon as I asked about the apology, I've yet to, no one's ever taken me up on that. No, I, I'm going to correct you. Has there been one? <laughs> yeah, there's one that right. said, I absolutely will, but we just felt in our bones okay. that this was not a good situation. My seniority is ki- no, kicking no, in, yeah. And it was not going to go over yeah. well with the staff. Oh, you know what? You're and right, so you're right. you know what we yeah. did? We did agree, okay, we'll, we'll book the appointment, and then after giving a little bit of thought yeah. and talking about having a little power. Brought too much we, stress to the we team. We both decided, no, we're not going to let this person who was really... Contentious, what yeah. What she would do was would she'd come in and she'd try to undermine, and she'd throw... She'd pit other people against, against each, other. each other. Yeah, says, this Silas says this about you and da, 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 da. Or come up with yeah. wild ugly stories about other people yeah. and just it was nasty and so we, right. what we did was we actually sent her a gift card yeah and we said listen i know that you 
express that you would apologize and what we thank you for that. But just please accept this as a token of our appreciation I think I, I, of your yeah. business. I think we just gave just a gift to card to you know, said you can use this. Go get yeah. lashes in their salon. Yeah. We paid her to leave. And the reason, <laughs> the reason why we did that was because we just felt that this person, there was a little bit of instability. And even though she said that she would do this, we just didn't trust that it was yeah. going to go that way. And we didn't want to subject the team to that. I, I don't remember what she was apologizing for, but it was awkward. It would have been awkward. It would be it one thing if she good. came in and yeah. said, hey, I'm sorry, I just got a little out of control and I, I demeaned you or cut you down. No, it was more than that. And I realized it was multiple women too. And what she'd have to apologize for was like really weird. Really weird. Yeah. yeah. So it would have been like, no, that won't work. We can't yeah. go there. So, so and the reason why we did that, now you don't have to give for a full price. You can even just send a little gift card. Even like a Starbucks card is fine. But the reason why we did that, we just didn't want to give her any opportunity to post a review or to say, you know, they said that they were going to see me and then they took it back. Yeah. If we're leaving her with a gift, there's no way she can question our good intentions for her. But we're almost saying, you promise not to come back. Yeah. Yeah, accept this card, yeah. sign the piece of paper, I will not return to your salon. And we put in our notes to do not book, so the front desk gets it again. Now, that's never happened where they've called and tried to rebook, but uh, we do do that. And that's usually when they would call me and say, oh, Paul, someone's trying to rebook, I, you need to call them. And then my job would be to call and say, hi, I see you coming, trying to come back. It's been like three years since you've been here. You know, last time you were here, it did not end well. And so, again, if you're looking for a place, I'd love to refer you to some other places, but I just don't think we're a good fit for you. Yeah. And that's kind of our phrase. I don't think we're a good fit for you. I'd say eight out of 10 people take that as like, oh, they're trying to get rid of me. Yeah. I've had once in a while, someone will go, you just don't want me. And you know, at that point, I'm, my hands are caught, you know, bread. I'm like, yeah, we're basically, we, we don't want you coming back. I, I don't like the feeling that I have that I can't make you happy. Yeah. I don't like that feeling. I'm in business to yeah. make people happy. And I just, I've done everything that I can. And it's my personal inability to meet that. So I want to invite you to go to a place where you are going to be happy. Yeah, because not everyone's meant to come here. And we try our best to please everyone, but I know we can't please everyone. And so that's why there's other salons in the world to go try to find the match that fits you best. And I think with people, just take the clue and run. And once in a while, you'll find someone who's really kind of ticked off by it. And you just have to live with that. There's nothing you can say to mediate that or calm them down. There, If you're moving them on without them, then so be it. Now, what do we do, just as a side note, I know you mentioned it before, I'll ask Erica, what do we do when we do get to fire someone? I think that for the staff, that's kind of fun. Oh, like what? Are, yeah. So we <laughs> gather everybody around and we pop a bottle of champagne and we all toast to firing the client. Well, the toast is actually like Wait. we get to, here's to being able to enjoy who we work with. Yes, right? exactly. Here, Yeah, that's exactly our and, toast. And that bottle of champagne in the refrigerator is just a, a subtle reminder every time you open that, that that's that promise. We're going to stand behind you. And yeah. we got an upgrade, a new bottle from um, it was Jasmine from Sheikson City. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jasmine. Uh, she sent us a bottle of champagne that is going to be saved for save our staff. It. It's a much nicer bottle than we usually have. I think we usually have like cooks. So this one we'll actually drink um, mm-hmm. and enjoy. So that's really cool. Before we move on, because I know part of their question was when clients have unrealistic demands. So I wanted to answer mm-hmm. really yeah. quick. Yeah. If it's only lash related, because I feel like that happens a lot mm-hmm. that people are dealing with out there. So if they're never, ever happy and it's only lash related, how do we address that? I'm glad you brought it that up. I was just going to do that too. Okay. So th- what we talked about was when a, a client is egregiously 
bad. You know, either they're saying nasty things or they're behaving badly or they have a bad attitude. But let's talk about if they have unrealistic expectations or, you know, they come in and they've got the kind of lashes that are incredibly shallow, very, very weak, and don't grow longer than a millimeter, and they want a mega volume look. And it's just not going to happen. They just don't have the anatomy to support that. What you can do is you tell them what you can do and what they can expect, okay? So you just have to manage expectations. So if somebody comes in and they say, I want a really, really big look, and you're telling them, I can give you a big look, but if I do that, what's going to happen the next time you come back in, in just two weeks, you're not going to have as many lashes to work with because they're going to fall out. These lashes that you want that I can give you are going to be too long, they're going to be too heavy, it's going to be more higher maintenance, and you're not going to have as many when you come back in. Okay, so either you're going to have to come in sooner, spend more money, or you're also going to have to be okay with less. As long as you put those expectations out there of what they are going to experience, you're off the hook. Okay, the perfect example of this is for a wedding. So a gal comes in and she, you know, has got the photographer coming, you know, spending a lot of money. She wants the pictures for all posterity, and she doesn't have the lashes to support a really big look. But she says, I know, I don't care. This is my once-in-my-lifetime thing. I just want really big lashes. It doesn't matter if they go crazy. I'll be back in in two weeks to get them taken off or whatever, but I just want them to be amazing. You can for sure do that, and you can do that guilt-free because you're going to tell her this is not going to be good for your lashes. You're going to have to remove them in X many days if you want to preserve your lashes. If you don't, they will pull out. The next month, you're not going to have that many. It's not going to be a permanent loss, but you're going to have a period of time where they're not going to be as full, and you might feel a little bit of lash despair. Okay, As long as you put that boundary out there and she's willing to take that risk, then there is no lash police that's going to break down the door and say, don't do that. Unless that completely violates your business model. So I'm not going to interfere with that. Or go to episode 24, and we all talk about lash damage. <laughs> and you can mm-hmm. continue on the fun after this to really go into depth of what is lash damage and you know how do we deal with it. Right, right. So let me share with you just what's happened before with people that are like a passive aggressive or they may have unrealistic expectations or act like they do, but they're just trying to get more for the time that they have and they don't really want to invest in it. Okay, so I had one gal that absolutely just drove me crazy and I really learned this patient's muscle with this gal because I kept her in the books for like a year. And she'd come in and I'd say, so how did they go? Oh, you know, they just weren't that great. And as a people pleaser, I'm like, well, let's figure out why, you know. And several months went by, I'm trying to figure out why. And every time it was the same. Oh, they're just not that great. And I thought to myself, hmm. So what I decided to do was I said, I'm going to... We killed her. (laughs) I said... (laughs) No more complaining from her. (laughs) I said, I'm going to give you exactly what you want. I can do this for you. It's going to take some more time, and it's going to be on me. Is that okay? Of course she's going to say yes. So she (laughs) says yes, all right. Now I did. I spent three hours on her. It was supposed to be a normal fill, and I gave her the fullest look ever. And I said, okay... So Now, this was a gal that could go six weeks. Anyway, her lashes pretty much last. I mean, they were just loaded. And I said, they're going to last, and they're going to be as full as mine. And when we're finished, I said, is this what you like? She says, absolutely. I said, okay, perfect. Now we know this takes three hours. If you want this look next time, you need to book three hours in exactly six weeks from now. 
okay? And she said, yes. So the next time she came in and I said, so how did they go? Where? She said, oh, they were great. And I, and, and I said, do you want to add the time today? Oh, no, we'll just do an hour and a half. <laughs> but, you know, it nipped that in the butt because it wasn't about me, you know, doing something wrong. It was about, you know, me finally saying, if this is the look you want, this is the amount of time that's required. Yeah. So there wasn't any more calling back a week later. Oh, they're not that full or this. This is exactly what you want. So once you've gone through that list with the person, you're checking off your list, I'm going to learn to be patient. Maybe it's I'm going to put her with somebody else. I'm going to make sure I'm modeling patience. I'm going to make sure that her expect, you know, I've been very clear about the expectations. Then I even put it out there. Listen, you need three hours or whatever it is for her. And if she's still coming back and saying, you know, it's just not that great at that point, then I say, well, if we look back at your record, you haven't been happy for the last three times that you've come in and I have recommended more time and I've recommended a different lash look for you and you haven't wanted to do that. So at this point, all I can give you is what you're expecting. That's what I can guarantee you. If you're okay with that, I can still take care of you. If you're not okay with that, I want you to invite you to go see somebody else because I can't do anything different. And the past three months has been a track record to prove that. So you want to make sure that you have absolved yourself, that you have not left any stone unturned, that you've tried everything possible to satisfy this client and grow yourself personally before you actually yeah. strike them from your list and, 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 and invite them to leave. So I think just in review, as far as how do we fire, basically once they've crossed that line, it's different for all of us. Uh, we do call them and we talk to them. We don't send an email. Never text. We don't text. Never text. I fall into this every once in a blue moon. I get caught up and I text something and get in a deep discussion with someone. You don't want to have any serious discussions about anything important through text. Cause, don't take the bait. <laughs> yeah, don't take the bait because people can't read you. They don't know your tone. They don't understand what you're saying. And they usually get negative and they get mad real quick. Same thing with email. The best thing to do is calm. I know it's going to be awkward. It's going to be difficult, but it's going to be much more smooth and it's also going to be more final. And you're also not going to have a record <laughs> of them that they can somehow put on a text and send their friends. See, like it is nasty text. This person sent me this. Or worse, they post it on Yelp or take it on Instagram or take it anywhere. It ends up on Lash Funnies, whatever. So you want to protect yourself and have a conversation. I wouldn't even leave a voicemail. I just call and say, hey, I'm just calling. I need to talk to you for a second. Give me a call back at this number, da, 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 da. And then once you finally talk to them, you have that conversation and say, you know, it looks like I haven't been making you happy. It looks like every time you come in, there's always a problem, da, da, da. You just list out what's been going on. And I think at this point, it looks like we're just not the right fit. Or we're not really the best place for you. And I'd like to refer you to another place. And I wouldn't say refer them to an enemy. <laughs> I would just refer them to maybe some other salons in your area that you respect, that you think do good work. Mm-hmm. And just give them a chance to hopefully please them and go from there. Yeah. And then the other thing I was thinking that, you know, that we're going to try one day we're just going to move our salon and we're just not going to be there when they come here. <laughs> They're show up like, wow, they hated them so much. They moved their salon. That's crazy. Oh, my so, yeah. no, I'm going to add one thing that was a silly one more? joke. But yeah, if you want, this is totally personally up to you, but if you want to send a card or like a $5 Starbucks card just to make sure that they know that it's a gesture of goodwill. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a lot of money, but you send something of a small value just to say, listen, wishing you well, 
here's to you know your future last dreams. I hope you have a better match. They can't be mad at you. I mean, they might not. I say I wish I still had that person to beat up, but th- she gave me this parting gift. So it's just yeah. a class act to do something like that. Always take the high road take as much as you road. can. Take the high road. Don't get in the mud and the dirt with them, and do or don't ever get into social media flaming back and forth and bashing each other on Yelp. They write a bad review. Don't write back. Well, you're the jerk is abusing my staff. You know, don't do any of that. Always take the high road because everyone's watching you. You're the owner, you're, you're the business, but you're on stage, clients, non-clients, staff, everyone's watching you to see how you behave. And if you decide to get in the mud with them, now you're just as bad as them and people are not going to think well of you. Well, we're going to keep moving here before we spend one whole episode on one question. Let's try to get at least two more in. So the next one I'm going to jump into here is I think a quicker and easier one to respond to. And that is from Blake VK period beauty. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Blake Vuk Beauty. How I know everyone they do this to them, they're you gonna be so say, mad. You always try to pronounce them. They're not supposed to be a new word. <laughs> <laughs> it's like their initials or whatever. Well, <laughs> I just think it's funny because you know that's Okay, it's Blake VK Beauty. I know, but no, but don't forget the period. Blake Vuk Beauty says this. How do you keep track of your clients' lash maps? Do you use cards to remember? I'm sure Erica, you could probably pretty quickly respond <laughs> to this one. I love this. I love that we do this. We use an app called Evernote. And this is really great if you are solo, even better if you're with a team because you can have one account that everybody logs into. And if you share clients like we do, you can access that and know exactly how they styled their lashes. So that's what we use. It's a cloud-based system that uses a file, right? So yeah. you just, it's like, think of a folder you have on your computer, and in that folder, all these other folders or files. Right. It's the same idea. Yeah, so you open it up and you just type in, oh, okay, I'm doing Shirley, you know, whoever. Shirley, today. yeah. Doing Shirley today. So I type in her name, and then it pulls up her file, and it's all her history. You can add photos. It's all kinds of stuff you can do. We don't use traditional lash maps, so we don't have a solution for that specifically. It's the same thing. Like you can annotate uh, pictures. You can actually, the app Evernote has a feature where you can actually just draw on it with your, you know, low tech, uh, your finger. Or I think a quickest way, probably just take a picture. If you have a drawn out lash map or you have their face and you have it on their eyes there, just take a close up picture of the lash map itself and then you just upload a photo into the app. Yeah. So how we do it is, you know, you type the client's name and then her photo will come up and the person who did her last time will have the date and the initials and there'll be the any newest notes. records at the top mm-hmm. and just push it down each time if there's anything specific about that like this gal only wants you to do one eye at a time or you know make sure that you put eye drops in her eye as she goes because she's very dry etc cetera, etc cetera. she doesn't like the bolster it, those notes will be in there so it's a really great form of communication yeah. and Evernote is free you can get upgrades you yeah know. we have the upgraded version only because we have so much volume and so many people using it. So we decided we had to pay for it because there is a limit to how much data can be uploaded. But if you're a single practitioner, you will not have to worry it's about that. fantastic. It's always on your phone. It's wonderful. I mean, you could do the card catalogs if you want, but we're past that. And everyone on our team too, Yeah, I wouldn't use card catalogs. Yeah. That takes so much more time mm-hmm. and all that. We literally have had anywhere from nine to 13 people using the same 
program. You log into the same account. There's no limit to how many people can log into it, and you can all share data real time. So it's kind of like in some ways like Google Docs. If you ever use Google Docs mm-hmm. online, like me and Erica were earlier today, you can see each other editing it at the same time. The same thing happens. That's not in real time. It updates here and there, but it's pretty quick to real time. So that's a great app. It's free. Just go on. It's also you can put it on your computer, so you can decide at the end of the day you don't like using your phone to type in all that stuff. You can just go on your computer. It's a lot quicker. You have the keyboard there, and you can do a quick thing. A side note, too, by the way, if you don't do this, I just thought of this while thinking about entering data on your phone, you can get wireless keyboards for your phone, too. And I have one in my workspace where I have my computer, and I'm typing away on my computer, and I can do everything there. But also, there's many times where I'm not with my computer and I have my phone. You can just get a wireless keyboard, tether it to your computer. If you don't know how to, just type it in through Bluetooth. It's Bluetooth. Yeah. yeah, and you can set it up so you can quickly enter data into your phone, because that's the thing that can slow you down. And that's one of the things with our staff that get, oh, I don't want to have to enter all this information. It slows me down, got other things to do. Get a keyboard, and then the keyboard, you use that, type it in, takes you literally, our staff, probably 30 seconds or less, type this information, and that way we can have a consistent service with multiple people and just do a better job of providing a better thing. One other thing I just remembered, we tried, but we stopped doing, is we don't put personal data in there. We were at first point, hey, hey, Johnny's on the soccer team, did he win, or whatever, so you can have conversations or remind yourself, but we realized that we didn't know where the line was, what's appropriate to put in there and what's not appropriate. Well, you just as a rule, you know, any record can be subpoenaed. And it's their personal record, which means it's their right to see it. Yeah. So if they request it or if it, you know, Lord forbid, it gets subpoenaed, right? Yeah. So you don't want to put anything in there that you wouldn't want to say to their face. Like crazy client. Don't put that yeah. in the notes. Have bad breath. Wear a mask. Yeah, you've yeah. got to be careful because, yeah, if they get the information, it can go against you in some sort of uh, lawsuit or something. If you do want to take notes on them, like, I like to keep track of vacations because, like, I think, you know, when you come back from vacation, you're seeing all of your people again, like your nail person, whatever, and your hairstylist. And if they mm-hmm. remember to say, oh, how was, you know, your trip to the UK, yeah. that goes a long way. Oh, it sure does. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. I have a hard time remembering those details. I see like 20 to 30 clients a week on average, and that is a a lot to remember. remember. Mm -hmm. So if that's important to you, you could keep your own little private, like written down kind of note system. I wouldn't keep it anywhere digitally. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I would destroy it too. I would do a paper shredding party. Erica has a shredder month. in her room. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever saw The Office with Michael Scott and uh, Dwight and they were competing for clients and Michael had this system where he would write personal things about each client uh, account on oh, the thing yeah. and he it was color coded and Dwight Schrute, the office this, idiot, kind of yeah. didn't know that and so he asked, of course, the one thing that was coded not to ask he asked one of the clients, so how is your alcoholic son? You know, <laughs> and he, of course, didn't get it, but anyway. I love that show. Yeah, isn't that funny? All, All right, right, let's, let's do the next one. This is going to come from Ashley Joy Beauty, at Ashley Joy Beauty. Hey, see, that one you can pronounce with no problems. It's very easy. How do you get a loyal, high-end clientele? I think this is a really good, a good question. question. Okay. Sorry, so, I should say, I, I just realized I just made everyone else feel bad. All you're equally good. This is a safe space. This is a safe space. It's just a valuable answer. Yes. Okay. So anyhow, now on to the question. So the high-end clientele implies that there's income, right? You want to be able to charge a higher price point. You want people who can't afford it that are going to be dependable that you can build a business on, right? Mm -hmm. So it's those with more discretionary income. 
And what you have to do is you have to cater to those needs. You have to meet their pain points. Sometimes it's the client that just wants the best in terms of service, but what does that mean, right? So you have to kind of examine what that looks like. Think about your scheduling experience. Sometimes people, especially an older crowd, may not be as technologically uh, savvy, right? So they may not feel so comfortable booking online. You might want to have somebody there or make sure you have hours that you're actually available to speak to on the phone, right? Because sometimes people, if they have a question, they want to be able to call and not have to wait or get a text back. I've got some of our best clients are, you know, over 60, and many of them do not do texting and things like that. So they like to have somebody that they can just call at all times. So that's why we have a front desk. Now, I understand sometimes people might not be able to have that. There's ways to get around that. Well, you just schedule your day. You have certain times like, you know, I work from nine to three with clients and then from three to four, I make my phone calls Mm -hmm. and then four to six, I do whatever, maybe one more client and you go home. So you just have to schedule your day to say, I'm going to be intentional because I think to get higher clientele just means you have to raise the bar. You have to do more customer service focus. You cannot go with automation as much. Automation will not be your friend when it comes to hiring clientele. Yeah because they're looking for this personalized yes. hand service. Yeah. You know? So let's talk about more about an older clientele wants. And that's the thing. You really need to aim older. Yeah. I think that's the first thing. You've got you to know who you're going for. So you're saying you want a high-end clientele. You need to sit down and create an avatar of what that person looks like. And if they look like you, then you're not thinking correctly. Because a lot of times I see these young people creating posts and feedback online and they want high-end clientele, but they're totally reaching out to like a 25-year-old. For example, if you think about the hair world, you know, all these fun colors and unicorn and mermaid hair is fantastic, but that set usually is not as dependable. The ones that are more dependable are the older, more conservative hairstyles, right? Yeah. And maybe the hairstylist may think, oh, that's really boring to do, right? I really only want to do big volume lash looks, that kind of thing, because that's what the younger set really wants. So if you're going after an older clientele, what they generally want is something that's more authentic, more natural. It may not be as fun, quote unquote, for us to do, but that's going to be your bread and butter if you're going after that higher income. Yeah. I mean, uh, you really want to hire older audience doing more natural, um, less impactful lashes that last longer, mm-hmm. higher end service. So slow down the service, make it a little longer, and then also make sure your marketing and your social media is attractive to that or your website. Don't show some hot, you know, 18 year old in a bikini on your page of your website thinking that somehow some 55 year old lawyer is going to be somehow drawn to that going, Oh, I can't wait. She's not going to get drawn that. She's going to gravitate towards pictures that look more like her, like a little bit older, but a a little bit more of a conservative look. The older set does not want to look like they're trying. Yeah. They lose status when they like, like when you're looking, you know, everyone's watching the Academy Awards and like, oh, she's had some work done, that kind of thing. That's like the worst thing that you could say to somebody. You don't want to say, oh, what a great facelift you've had. You don't want people to know these things. Right. I once had, and, and this is when I realized that I was dealing with a different clientele. One of my clients came in and she was in her sixties and she worked managing big hedge funds and things that she worked with and managed. And she came in and said she was meeting with one of her clients and she was mortified that the waitress said, oh my gosh, look at your lashes at this business meeting. And she just wanted to slap her. And at first I was really shocked. I'm like, 
why wouldn't you be happy that somebody's noticing your lashes? And she said to me, she's like, it was right in front of my client. I was mortified. I don't want anybody noticing that kind of stuff. And I even said something to her manager. I said, oh, sorry, I just hit my glasses. You know, she shouldn't be commenting about my personal appearance. It just really hit her that she just didn't want to be called out. So yeah, they want to look naturally beautiful. Yeah, everyone wants to look like they are. You know, even though they're sixty-five, they look thirty-five, and they didn't do anything to get that way. They just naturally were born yeah. with genes that allowed them to look this way. So the key with that set is subtlety and longevity, right? So it may be different than what attracts you or what you would wear or the things that your friends would wear. So you have to kind of think about, you know, their pain points and go after that. So for example, like the, your Instagram, I mean, they may not really be on Instagram. I mean, Instagram is a great thing to have and it's your portfolio, but you might really want to focus on referrals with this mm-hmm. client. Um, and they're not looking for discounts too, by the way. They don't really get excited about, oh, have a coupon to give to my friend. They don't care about that stuff. Just give them a business card that mm-hmm. has your name on it and lets them know. So next time they're with their friends and they're out having some you know, high society th- event and they're just talking about beauty services and sharing with each other their tips and their secrets. They'll go, hey, here's my girl. This is the person you should go to. She's going to take care of you. She's great. Mm-hmm. That's going to be happen much more than, hey, I have a 50% discount coupon for you. Because right. these people are not in the same world that we are in. I think we too often, we try to get in see them as if they're like us and that we're always looking for the special, that discount, that deal at Target, Target. Um, and it really, that's not what they care about. They just want the best. Mm-hmm. They want the best. They'll pay whatever price it takes yeah. to have the best. They don't look for the discount for the car or for their clothes or you know for the, a lot of these things. They just want the best because they're worth it. So the real answer to this question is to just be the best. There you go. Now <laughs> well, that's another one. <laughs> How to get there? Well, let's talk about that for a second. It may require some changes in your scheduling. You may need to extend your time mm-hmm. uh, because you're going to be working on longevity. Longevity means precision. It means using a shorter lash. It means, for us, it means more surface area that's bonded so that it can weather washing and removing makeup and sleeping and vacationing and all sorts of stuff. They don't want to have to keep coming back. So if you're operating at a fill at one hour, you may have to extend that time to give them what they want. So you may have to adjust your times to fit their needs. And also I would do things like if you're sharing a room with someone, I would find a way to break that room to two. Like give them a private room experience, more of a spa experience versus a nail salon or hair salon experience. Because again, it doesn't feel special if you're next to three other people and you're listening to this woman complain about her son's uh, driving lessons or something. It's just not that exciting and it's not very relaxing. It's like the, you know, the celebrity plastic surgery offices or the celebrity even facialists, like mm-hmm. they'll almost have two entrances where yep. you enter in one and you exit out yeah. another. So you don't yeah. see who's in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. Like I do feel on the whole beds in all one room. It really limits the kind of conversation you can have with your client. Absolutely. It really limits how comfortable they can feel. Mm-hmm. So I think it's almost essential to have separate rooms if you're going after a higher yeah, and, you want to charge more. You're going to have to break it up somehow. And that may mean spend a little money. But think about it. It'll offset itself. Like, okay, we're going to build private rooms, and that's going to cost me, let's say, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 to bring in these you know, really cheap walls. Um, but the good news is you can raise your prices maybe by 25%, and all of a sudden you're going to pay for that within a year. Yeah, and also just make sure, I already said it before, but just to hit this point again, make sure that you've got examples of your ideal client 
on your Instagram page. Yeah. Okay. So and on your website. I know it's amazing that you can do the most fullest, so many lashes on there. It's incredible, but that might not be the look that they're going for. Pull it down, take off some of the unicorn look, and do some more like conservative looks. And and also if you, but let, another thing to think, think about too is who do you like to be around? If you're like, I really love being around all these 20 year olds. It's so much fun. They're like my friends and we go out and have drinks afterwards. It's awesome. Well then just realize that's who you want to work with and that's your ideal client and you're not going to be able to be able to charge as much because they're not as affluent. They don't have the resources that a 45 year old woman who lives in a $5 million house has. It's just the way it is. And that's a trade off you're going to have to make. So don't set yourself up for failure aiming for that 25-year-old think you're going to be able to charge double the rate. It's not going to happen. So it's okay, though, because you really are happy in that environment. Money isn't everything, by the way. Um, and by the way, if you're doing those faster appointments, maybe you shorten your times and you'll get the same results and make as much money by just doing more of the younger people. And then with the older crowd, the more affluent crowd, you're going to slow down appointments, do less of them, do just maybe three or four appointments a day, but charge more for that time. So another thing, too, is don't ever discount the only place I would uh, I want to go there I will talk about well, Groupon actually, another time I, it's actually uh, one of the questions coming up coming up well we're not going to get to that because we're almost out of time oh, here my yeah I know it's amazing how time flies but yeah just don't discount you should just charge your rates it may mean for a while being a little slower but if people know you're discounting they're going to wait for your discounts in fact I see sometimes some of these brands out there um, companies and they do big discount days and I always wonder like man it's great doing discounts if you can afford it but people just wait for the discount now versus mm-hmm. coming in and paying regular price when they should. So it's a little dangerous place to get yourself caught in that little cycle of discounting. The best thing to do if you want to, just give them, we've said this before, give them extra benefits. Like, hey, we'll do a free brow appointment with the lashes or do... Give them extra time. I'm this give, is this yeah. is what you can achieve with just a little bit more. Yeah, if you give them like 15 this minutes. look, this is what you need to book. Just be generous with your time. Be generous by giving stuff, but don't discount because that attracts the wrong thing. And don't do the coupons. Don't hand it out. And I think the best way to get referrals is ask for for personal referrals from those type of people who are your ideal client. If you really um, ask a lot from them, they're the ones that are going to refer their friends and just slowly build. But be patient. The big thing, too, is to realize you're not going to build a high-end clientele in a month or two. It may take a year or two to switch from that lower cost client to a high-end client because you're going to slowly be weeding people out slowly. And another thing too, you're going to be slowly raising your prices because high-end people want to go into a high-end place. They're not looking for the Kmart of lashes. They're looking for Nordstrom. So you're going to have to continue to slowly raise your prices. We raised our prices four times in two years and basically doubled our rates in that time frame. And we lost maybe over that whole two years, 10% 10% of our clients. Mm-hmm. And we more than made up for it because new clients showed up who didn't know our old pricing and they were more than happy to pay more. So just so you know, there's a whole strategy to that too, which we can get into that in another episode. And right. Tusney, just you were pointing to one more thing. We're really out of time though. We can't do one more. No, no. It's, right. it's seven. We needed to leave like yeah, minutes yeah, oh, we needed to go. Okay. So right. before, before we end, end, okay, so I just want to jump in real quick because I don't want it to sound like we're saying that high end only means the older generation. Of course, we can have younger clients who are high end, who absolutely, you know, were born into a lot of money or who have worked really hard from a really young age, or inherited a lot of money too. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it, that's who born into it. Yeah, same same thing. thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not but, listening. I mean, high end can be all ages. That's what we're trying to say. And yeah. I think when I'm thinking about this, probably the one word that comes to mind is sophistication. Be sophisticated mm-hmm. in everything that you do. How you talk to them, how you present yourself online, how you communicate your brand sophistication like 
Mm-hmm. You're trying to, you know, you, you how you dress, like, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot dress, of people you present yourself. show up and rip right. jeans and shorts and t-shirts and all that. And I'm like, sorry, but that's not high end. You're not yeah. going to attract a high end client looking like you're working at a warehouse. Think about when you go to get your nails done. And sometimes if you just want to real quickie, it, it doesn't matter what the people in the salon look like or what they're wearing, but it's completely different than going into, let's say, the Ritz-Carlton spa to get your nails done. There, you know, you're going to walk in and they're going to have a uniform, right? Um, So even just, you know, having a set uniform that you wear, a certain outfit so that you're not wearing jeans or cutoffs or flip-flop shoes or something that's kind of low cut or something that would be totally appropriate for a hair salon might not be the message that you want to be sending to convey luxury. We tell our staff, we're used to, we haven't said in a while, but I'll dress your client. You know, if you outdress them, then you're going to look good. Well, I mean, most of my, like, really high-end clients come in and they're Lululemons. So. Absolutely. <laughs> but that said, the idea is you still dress up nice and professional. They, you're right. A lot of our affluent people will show up in their sweats and their Lululemons. So I outdress them every day. Every day, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that said, the idea is that, that showing up in your ripped jeans and T-shirts, yeah. that's not selling them high-end It may not be work. a fashion choice, but more professional. For example, if you go to a plastic surgeon's office, you expect the front desk and the sales people to be in suits, but you expect the back office to be in scrubs or something like a lab yeah, coat yeah. or something like that. So just make sure that it's professional and that it's upscale. And be patient. It takes time yeah. to attract those people. It, you can't one night go, oh, I'm going to be the discount place and tomorrow I'm going to be Nordstrom's. It's not going to happen. You almost have to plan a strategy and just realize I'm going to dress apart. My website's going to change. My social media's going to change. I'm also going to change. I'm going to look the way I communicate with people. Yeah. I'm going to raise the customer service bar. And then slowly as I, might, I stay booked, I'll keep raising my prices over time. And you'll start dropping out some of the people who can't afford you and new people will take their place. And I think I'd work really hard at asking for referrals from your favorite clients who are that right ideal client, young or old, and you'll be fine. It'll take time though. So in a nutshell, do a little bit of homework. I want you to kind of take a piece of paper and write out your ideal client, who she is. Give her a name. We have a friend who calls their ideal client Shannon. And Shannon is a volunteer. She's married usually. She's got kids. She likes uh, dark chocolate because she's usually on a low-carb diet. I mean, even get as specific as that. Yeah. Shannon, you know, goes to events, you know, blah, blah, she's blah. She's yeah. socialized. She donates a lot of her yeah. time to charity. And then you're going to think about what pain points Shannon has with her beauty routine and then booking the appointment. And then you're going to look at your business in relation to that. So how is it going to meet some or solve some of her pain points the way that you're dressed when she walks in? You know, are you conveying that with your hands, your nail polish? Do you have crazy long nails with stuff all over them? You know, do you put makeup on in the morning? You know, how is she going to interact with the image that you're presenting? Yeah. And that, I think, is all we're going to get. There's three of them, but we did answer. There are five people included, but only three questions i knew that was gonna be on real estate oh, to man. get like we that's gotta life. do a part two like soon ASAP. yeah because yeah. i think i have at least 10 more to go uh, so that all well, said I'm we are wrapping up thank you guys so much for your expertise and your help absolutely mm-hmm. and that wraps up the show we'd love to continue this discussion online via social media please follow us on our instagram page at Integrity Lash and at Lashcast Podcast. We also love to hear from you with any questions, suggestions, or feedback. Your comments and questions really help us decide what we should do next. Please also subscribe and review and share our podcast. 
If this program is helping you and inspiring you, please share it with your friends. On behalf of our engineer, Britton, my lash experts, Erica and Tusney, I want to say thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.